There we go. We show them the liturgical year. And so we're in the, the green time right now. And so when they went over there, we only have one green banner, so I use it right here. And so uh, when they went over there, and, they, and I still have the red banner up for the, the fruits of the Spirit and Pentecost, they were quite upset. <laughs> so we decided, well, we'll make another green banner so we can have one here and one over there. And so that's what they're working on. So it's kind of neat to see. And then many of you uh, who've been here a while know Virgie Edwards, and she's living in assisted living in uh, Farmington, and she made all of our banners and everything, the altar cloths. So when we get it done, <clears throat> I'm going to take it down and show it to her, and she'll be really happy to see that that tradition is continuing on there. And today uh, we're going to continue on talking about the, the storms, the storms in our life. And uh, so it's, it's nice that we have one outside. It's kind of already passing. The sun's coming out. <laughs> yeah, that kind of ties in with the sermon. The external storms tend to come and go fairly quickly for the most part. But then when we go to the storms within us, those can linger can't speak for all of you, but for days, months, and years. And sometimes they even get passed on from generation to generation. We call that that historic trauma that's just passed on. So what do we do with the, the internal storms within us there? And we'll talk about that some today. And I'd like to read from uh, <clears throat> the Gospel of Mark here, the fourth chapter, starting with verse uh, 35 here. Another sequence where we find Jesus in the storm with the disciples. And think about, when you're in here, I always get fascinated by it. Think about how, how Jesus is present in the same storm, but he's in a very different place spiritually. And think of how the disciples, who I think we can relate more with, <laughs> how they react to the storm as well. And this is called Jesus Stills a Storm. So on that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him as well. And a great windstorm arose, and the winds beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And how would you react to some person, whether it's Jesus or anyone else, we have certain expectations. He's not acting the way they expect him to act. <laughs> and usually when someone's not doing what I think they need to be doing, whether I'm right or wrong, I usually get mad, with, mad at him. And he's asleep in the boat, and they wake him up, and they say to him, and I think they're pretty angry with him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he woke up, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace be still. Some of my favorite words. Peace be still. And then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? And that's the question I'd like to ask all of us today. Why are we afraid? Why are we upset? What's bothering us? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and they said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey? And these are the words of God for each and every one of us here today. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so that question that Jesus asked the disciples, and I think he's still asking it to us today. Why are we afraid? What are we afraid of? 
Why are we upset? Why are we angry all the time? Why are we losing our patience? So what is actually bothering us? Let's take a few moments just to pray and to reflect on that. Let us, let us pray. <clears throat> Jesus was right here, and I trust that Christ is present with us here today. And he asked the question, why are we upset? What are we upset about? And our response might be, how much time do you have, Jesus? <laughs> how much time do you have? So uh, just open up. What are we upset about? What's bothering us? Anyone? Kind of a, a good season to ask that question. <laughs> With all the political ads coming on the, on the TV and radio and everything. Anyone as far as why we're upset or what's bothering you? Or, yeah. And so we have these storms that are, are brewing outside like, like we have today and we welcome that. Uh, but in my experience, the storm within is so much more greater than the magnitude of it. And so I was thinking again, just talking about lessons and just learning things from walking on the trail. And it's just a, if you get to go on a, even a three or four mile walk, we just learn so much during that time. And I absolutely love <clears throat> the rhythm uh, and, and the peace of walking. And when I hike or go on a long walk and I go up and down a trail, just breathing in the fresh air and breathing it out. And absorbing the, the beauty of the sky and the trees and the alpine flowers. And it seems like my soul just naturally starts to sink into a deeper peace. And the thoughts and problems, especially those that are on the surface, just seem to disappear with each step. And I always like that magical moment when you're out walking. And sometimes we can experience this in prayer, contemplative prayer as well. We just disappear. And we get lost. And it's a wonderful feeling. And Hippocrates had it right when he said, walking is the best medicine. Walking is the best medicine. And I would add to that with our 21st century language, walking is good therapy. And I would even call it divine therapy. And on the Colorado Trail, um, I was just so looking forward to just like 40 days, what I called 40 days of bliss. I knew there'd be plenty of hardships, but just walking. 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day, and just getting lost in that silence and in that beauty. And the very first day out, we were going through Waterton Canyon, and, and we had hiked through the canyon for five or six miles, and I just slipped into that tranquility that often comes from walking. And the Platte River was flowing next to us, and along the trail, there, there was big horned sheep everywhere. Just all over the place. And they were so familiar with people, you could, sometimes you could almost reach out and touch them. And you're going, this is a big ram. <laughs> and you just literally walk within an arm's distance of these big horned sheep. And I thought to myself, I will be walking every day in this awesome wonder. <clears throat> and all I have to do is let the river flow. Just be here and let it flow. And the sun was out and all was well. We were four or five hours into our walk, and I had slipped into that peaceful place, that happy place, as they sometimes call it. And all of a sudden, this troubling thought 
surfaced in my mind. It just popped up. Because sometimes when we go to that, into that silence, there's some peace, and then things start coming up from our memory, from our unconscious. And that might be one of the reasons why we like noise in our life, so we don't have to go <laughs> to those places. And this thought came up out of, into my mind, into my consciousness. And I started thinking about a political leader, not who you might think, <laughs> someone else. And I was thinking about this person, and I just became irritated. I was resentful, and I was angry. And my stormy thoughts wouldn't go away. These thoughts just kept percolating in my mind. And the river, <clears throat> we were walking along the Platte River, the river no longer looked refreshing. And I didn't even notice some of these magnificent bighorn sheep along the trail. And the sun was out, but a storm was brewing within me. And it wouldn't go away. And after several hours of hiking, and these repetitive, I don't know you know that experience, <clears throat> where those repetitive thoughts just go on and on and on in your, in your mind. And they, finally they subsided, but it took four or five hours. And then the very next day, they returned in the afternoon. After I went through that period of peace, these thoughts just came up from someplace deep within. And then they came the day after, and the day after. And I thought to myself, here I am, I'm on sabbatical in this beautiful country. And this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Am I going to carry and battle these cynical and critical and judging and irritating and destructive thoughts for over 400 miles? <laughs> and I was pretty ticked off. <laughs> so this is going to be a very miserable sabbatical. And these thoughts wouldn't go away. My walk was anything but peaceful because of this squall brewing within me. Well, external storms can come and go, but how do we make peace with the storms within us, which seem to never end? And sometimes I think we even inherit storms just from through the generations, and we're not aware of it. And it's through that stillness and that quiet and that prayer, that contemplative prayer especially, that sometimes these things come up. And what do we do with the thoughts, the anxiety, and the fear? And when the disciples wake Jesus up in the squall, he asks them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? And I always think there, there would be more text if they had a word processor back then. <laughs> like, duh. The storm. <laughs> we could die in this storm. That's why we're afraid. But he's pointing to something much, much deeper. Why are you afraid? In Thomas Keating, he writes, the first thing we need is to determine the diagnosis. Why are we upset? Why are we truly upset? What's beneath the surface of the waves and, and the wind? Why are we angry? Why are our thoughts possessing us day and night? And we can't let go and we can't find that, that inner peace. And the next time that we find ourselves offended or upset, Rohr says, consider that a teaching moment. 
Next time we get upset, angry, upset, or we're defensive, or we have a negative thought, consider it a teaching moment. And ask ourselves, what part of us is actually upset? What are we truly upset about? And I don't know the answer, but I know if you're like me, I generally like to point at somebody else. <laughs> if they weren't in my life, I wouldn't be upset. I'd have peace. I can't count the number of times that person, like a, a childhood friend or a classmate, they're no longer here. I can't point at them anymore. And we call this scapegoating. We're projecting. Why are we really upset? And we can waste a whole day or longer feeding that hurt until it eventually seems to have a life of its own. And in fact, it really does start to possess us. The inner storms can fester and percolate for years, and they inhibit us from truly living life and experiencing those fruits of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the peace. And for several days on the trail, these negative thoughts just started showing up like clockwork every afternoon. And I was just getting more and more upset. I didn't know what to do with them. And Eckhart Tolle, he calls this our pain body. In every single one of us, we have a pain body. And it's a negative energy field that occupies our body and our mind. And Rohr adds that in our mind, it makes us judgmental and negative. And in our body, it makes us fearful and angry. And quite often we have to ask, what am I truly upset about here? What's going on? And you can just hear the disciples in the storm. And imagine that pain body that they are occupying. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And they're angry. And they're upset. Do something. Help us. And what, he, what they don't realize, he is doing something. He's in a deep place where it's nothing but love and grace. He's doing a lot more than sleeping. He's showing them and us what we can do in the storm. He shows us a different way to heal from the storms, whether they're external or internal. And they wake him up. And he says those incredible words, peace be still. Peace be still. And then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. And I think it's an internal storm that he is addressing here. Peace be still, he says. And in the storm, Jesus stops. He actually goes to sleep. But he's doing something very profound. And he goes to that deep place where he discovers or he realizes he's resting in that unconditional love and grace of God. He's experiencing intimate union. And the windstorm and the waves cannot separate him from this love. And there is a calmness, not of this world. And is this available to us as well? Do we live from that reservoir, that well of deep love? Or do we live in fear and just move from crisis to crisis throughout our life? 
And Jesus says, be still. Be still. Practice that contemplative prayer. Meditate. Go to a deeper place. And my negative thoughts were like annoying bees just buzzing in my head. And they wouldn't go away. And that storm was just tossing me around like a ship upon the sea. And I thought, God, don't you care? (laughs) Why is this happening? Don't you care? Help me out here. And just feeling that presence. Be still. Be still. Who are we beneath the wind and beneath the waves? And when we practice centering prayer, and sometimes we can practice meditation as well, we find our true self, our deepest selves, a place of positive and loving energy, says Roar. And Keating writes, peace flows from the conviction of our rootedness in God, a presence of infinite concern and caring. And the winds can no longer disturb us when we're dwelling in that grace. When the negative thoughts came, I realized I didn't have to attach to them. I didn't have to give them energy. And they showed up every afternoon. And I realized with that grace of God that I I could just watch them flow on by, just like the river we were walking by. Let them flow on by. They'd been there for years, so they didn't want to leave. (laughs) And as they would flow on by, they would just show right back up. But instead of attaching to them and giving them energy, those thoughts are not who I was or am. You just continually let them flow by until they lose their energy. And this process can take time, a lot of time. But we are more than our thoughts. And with grace, we can let them move on down the river. And when they return, and they will return by that same grace, we can just let them flow on by again and again. And the calm and the peace do come. But we have to practice. We have to let them go. So why are we afraid? And why are we upset? And my prayer for all of us is that we may live and pray from that deep peace of Christ's unconditional love and grace, which calms the storms within us. Amen.